Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Antonio Mayo. I'm Sarah Halsey. And I am Mike Madarani. And we're back again to take another question from our jar. Um, we've got a new batch of questions, so we're excited to be talking about these. You've got one, Sarah? I do. What is Microsoft Defender? What is Microsoft Defender? That's the question. Oh. I couldn't think oh, of a more broad bracing question than what is Microsoft Defender. Question. That's a deep well. <laughs> Antonio, go. Yes, exactly. It's, just, yes, it's not just me. So, okay, so Microsoft Defender. Microsoft Defender back in the day was a long time ago was Windows Defender, which was basically Microsoft's antivirus tool on desktops. It has grown into a family of products and that family keeps growing. It just keeps having children. Um, we've got Defender for um, Office 365, which used to be Defend, uh, sorry, which used to be Office 365 ATP. Now it's referred to as Defender for Office 365. We have Defender for Endpoint, which is partly the antivirus solution from Microsoft for desktops and, and endpoints, but also um, EDR, um, uh, endpoint detection and response. Um, so that's the second one. Um, a third one, there is um, Defender for Identity, which used to be, oh my God, I don't remember the name, Advanced Threat Protection uh, for, uh, Anyway, Defender for Identity is um, essentially um, uh, protection for your identities in your on-premise Active Directory environments. Uh, so that's three. And then there's Defender for Cloud Apps, which is the rename of Microsoft Cloud App Security. Um, there's Defender for Cloud, which yeah, not to make more similar names, right? The Defender for Cloud Apps, MBCAS, and there's Defender for Cloud, which is um, the Azure Security Center, I believe. Uh, so what, what are we up to now? Is that five? That's like five. And then there's also, and I know next to nothing about this one, Defender for IoT as well, Internet of Things. So. You're right, they do keep on having children. And I feel like it's a thesis statement on Microsoft Defender, Antonio, but I still feel like we just ought to back up and let you just keep on going. Um, oh. So Defender for O365, let's talk about that one. And you guys ask me questions or jump in with whatever. Defender for O365, what used to be called Office 365 ATP, is um, a number of things. It mostly provides security capabilities to email, but it also provides security capabilities to documents and, and SharePoint and Teams and, and so on. Um, it is um, the safe links feature. So when you send email and links are automatically rewritten. Um, and at the time of click, when you click on those links, it's validating if you're going to a malicious site or to uh, a known botnet and so on. So safe links is part of Defender for O365. Um, safe attachments is part of Defender for O365. So when you receive an email with an attachment, Defender for O365 will open that attachment in a, um, a secure area they call it detonating the attachment. It'll open it in a secure area and scan the attachment for malware uh, before delivering it to your mailboxes. And there's some neat, cool features around that. So safe links is part of that. Sorry, safe attachments is part of that. 
And then the same safe links and safe attachment features can apply to documents in SharePoint, OneDrive, and Teams as well. That's all part of it. And then finally, Defender for 365 has some more advanced features in Exchange Online Protection, um, EOP. Um, you can do things like, um, uh, um, what's the word? Um, check for uh, spoofing, uh, identity spoofing or domain spoofing for like your VIPs in your organization, for example, um, where um, if people are sending emails and they look similar to VIPs in your organization, it can flag those and quarantine those as well. All that is Defender for O365. And when we look at which defenders, which of these tools you should implement first, right? Because it's a lot to implement that for an organization. We usually say the first tool to start with is Defender for O365. Because that email specifically? Correct. Because A, it's the easiest to turn on, and B, that's still your most common attack vector, right? Phishing emails malware delivered over emails and this really does a great job at protecting against that um, uh, the rewriting of links the opening and and validating of attachments before they're delivered that does it goes leaps and bounds to protect an organization from attacks that's that's one defender right defender for 0365 um, then you've got um, defender for endpoint we talked about so defender for endpoint is installed on desktops it's installed on endpoints can be installed on server endpoints as well, but we primarily deal with it on desktop endpoints. It's got two capabilities. It's got antivirus, your traditional antivirus, and then it's got EDR capabilities, so endpoint detection and response, where um, deeper inspection of um, activities and um, data on your endpoint, um, exchanges of data on the endpoint, and other threats that are happening in your organization um, can be detected by Defender for Endpoint and can protect you from those threats. So, for example, let's say all three of us worked for the same organization and we all had Defender for Endpoint um, installed on our on our uh, work laptops. Um, if Mike experiences a threat on his laptop, that gets communicated to the service. And then before Sarah or I can experience the same threat, um, the endpoint will be updated and will protect us against it because it's learning from Mike's experience, for example. That's just one of the capabilities defended for endpoint. Um, trying to think of what else there is there. There's a lot of capabilities in Defender for endpoint, like um, um, uh, restricting access to portable drives, for example. Um, you know, USB keys, bit lockering them, so you can only um, use a USB key that's encrypted for your company, for example, and not exfiltrate data through that. That's another capability that will enforce the endpoint. Um, and then you can also do things like um, it'll take a software inventory on all the endpoints. It'll report that up to the Defender service, and it'll also integrate that with MCAS or Defender for Cloud Apps. So you can unsanction apps in Defender for Cloud Apps. That unsanctioning can get enforced on your endpoint. So if let's say um, you know you don't want your employees using Google Drive, or you don't want them using Dropbox, or some application that's even installed locally on the endpoint you know, not a web-based application but just an application on the endpoint that's not sanctioned by your organization you can unsanction it in um, defender for cloud apps or what we used to call mcas and it will get enforced down on the desktop through defender for endpoint um, and that reporting of software is real time or near real time um, so it's not like wait wait 
you know, 24 hours for it to be reported. It is almost instantaneous, which is great. So that's Defender for Endpoint. Um, you want me to keep going? I feel like I need to ask the natural question. Sure. I don't know, like, what your question is. How many uh, armies of people do you need to run defend? I know that that's a complicated question, but there's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of functionality in here. So let me get through the others for a second, and then we'll come back to that question. I'm just because I feel like I need to complete this list I'm going through in my head. Um, the other feature I forgot to mention, Defender for O365, is the attack simulator. So it's got a really robust attack simulator now where you can and should run simulated attacks against people in your organization as a learning experience. So people can learn what type of attacks are commonly happening out there. Um, so that's two. Defender for um, Cloud Apps is, is MCAS, Microsoft Cloud App Security. So all the great functionality we've talked about before and you know in Microsoft Cloud App Security is still there in Defender for Cloud Apps. Um, the integration between Defender for Endpoint and Defender for Cloud Apps is really nice, where um, it'll report everything up to, or not everything, but a lot up to Defender for Cloud Apps, and you can manage sanctioning and unsanctioning of apps there. Um, one interesting thing of all the defenders to know about, Microsoft has renamed the Security Center to Defender. So now when you go to the Microsoft Security Center, you actually right. see Defender up in the top. And that's where you manage all of your security capabilities and in particular Defender. Um, that Defender for Endpoint component, another neat piece of that in the cloud service, so in the Security Center, is what they call advanced hunting. So um, all of these different Defenders are reporting signals back to the Defender portal. And advanced hunting lets you run Custo queries against all of the different signals that are reported. And that allows you to get really granular. If you're a threat hunter, that lets you get really granular and really detailed across a big organization to find where threats are happening, where malicious activity might be happening or suspicious activity is happening. So that advanced hunting feature is awesome if you're a threat hunter. Um, so that's three of the defenders. When it comes to who, what kind of army do you need to run this? I'm Go ahead. We can pause there for a second. I feel like Mike has been waiting to say something before we tackle my question. I'm, I'm going to let you finish because it's it's a it's a it's a it's a topic that I want to get your opinion on. So I'll let you finish that. Okay. And we'll get to my question. When it comes to the army of people you need to run this, it's less the the question is less about who do you need to run these defender tools, and it's more about. Um, what type of security skills do you need in your organization to protect it, right? Because they've, they've, they've created the Defender tools around kind of the natural security skills and roles in an organization. So, you know, you often have um, security operations, so a security operations team that is responsible for configuring and managing all the security configuration across different infrastructure and cloud services and endpoints. Right, so that, that's SecOps or security operations. And they would work within the Defender portal to configure capabilities, to look at things like reports about what CVEs or patches are missing, security updates are missing, and make sure that those get rolled out. Um, look at the software inventory and see are people starting to use software that they shouldn't be and unsanctioning that and preventing them from running it, stuff like that. So SecOps is one team of people, depending on the size of your organization, that would work within the defenders. 
Another would be your um, uh, cybersecurity, let's say, incident response team. So the people that respond to threats. They will go into Defender, the portal, and they will look at all of the alerts and incidences that are raised. And those are two different things, alerts and incidences. An alert is, you know, an individual um, uh, thing that happened that flagged an alert. An incident is a collection of alerts that looks like a potential threat or a potential campaign. Um, and the cybersecurity and incident response team, they will monitor those areas. So the alert areas and the incident areas. And they can manage incidences through there. They can um, uh, resolve incidences. They can cause remediation to happen or automated remediation to happen. So that's a second team. Um, and then you'll have other teams that that do these things as well. Like Defender for Cloud Apps is a big platform in itself. So I feel like that often needs a person or two, and they might fit within SecOps to run that. So yeah, that gives you some idea of, of where that's run. Um, it's, it's a hard question to answer at how many people you need because it depends on the size of org. And do you have a SecOps team? Do you have a, a um, uh, an incident response team or a threat hunting team? Um, do you have an audit team? Because you're, you're, you know, your team that, that audits these tools also may want to look at these depending on how um, uh, uh, technical they get. So, so with that, um, I think you and I had that discussion two, three years ago. Um, the the endpoint or defender has gone on, got got much better and more advanced features and has caught up to all the other products in the market. And right. we've always got asked in the past uh, is uh, back in the days is the security center and today's the defender and Microsoft and, and 365. Is it enough or um, should people still or organizations still rely on traditional third party tools that have existed in their organization forever before going into the cloud? Or does the M365 in general, the defender, answers what they have been using before? It's a good question. It's a hard one to answer too. Um, you know, is it enough? That's a big question. I would say that, and, and you're, you're going to run into, this sometimes becomes a religious battle. Right. Um, I would say that Defender, um, you know, if I think of it in the traditional antivirus sense, you know, protecting desktops and so on, uh, both antivirus and EDR, um, it has come a long, long way from where it used to be. And it is at least on par, if not better, with the other traditional antivirus and EDR tools out there, right? Like when you roll out Defender for Endpoint to let's say Windows 10 desktops, you're not pushing out any software, right? The antivirus engine, the EDR engine is built into the Windows kernel. You're, when you're onboarding to Defender, you're just turning it on. You're not actually rolling out any software, right? They don't use virus signatures anymore. And it's a much more complex mechanism for identifying viruses and it uses cloud intelligence and all of that. Um, so I would say that, you know, from a protecting your endpoints, absolutely. It is on par, if not leaps and bounds above the other security um, endpoint tools these days. And okay. you're gonna people who disagree with that. But, um, you know, other, other parts of Defender, like Defender for O365 with link rewriting and opening attachments, 
it too. It came out a number of years ago, right? Probably four or five, at least five or seven, six years ago. And early on, I remember organizations doing, let's say, a bake-off between Defender for O365, its link rewriting, its ability to catch malware in email, doing a bake-off between that and other solutions. And the other solutions would often come out on top because it was early days. But it's not early days anymore. Like that is now a mature tool. And um, I used to see malware actually get through um, Defender for O365, but I don't see that anymore. So that too, I think, is very much on par with the other tools, if not better. Um, Defender for Cloud Apps, it's a CASB, right? right. A cloud app security broker. And um, that too, I think, has come a long way. You can find other CASB tools that are very specialized and do certain things better, but you often don't find something with as, you know, as big a breadth of tool of capabilities as Defender for Cloud Apps. So that too, I would say, yeah, it's it's come a long way. It is at least on par with the other CASB tools out there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's it's the this the security tooling in M365, right? It's it's focused on Defender, so everything's becoming a Defender, I think. Um, and it's really robust, and it's a lot to keep up with, and it's a lot to roll out too. So usually we talk to customers when you want to roll this out of. You know, create a roadmap of which of these tools you're going to roll out and when. And even within those tools, what parts of it are you going to take advantage of when? Because you don't necessarily have, you don't have to roll it out or turn it on all at once. It is a journey that you go on to turn these things on. And we usually say start with Defender for O365 because that's going to be your easiest thing to turn on and protect against most threats, most common threats. Exactly. I feel like that's a really good summary. Another question, what is Microsoft Defender? Because I think we could go on and talk. I know that it's a days and day, weeks long topic to deal yeah. with all of that. Um, we could actually do uh, sessions on, on, on each one. We could do an individual podcast on each one of those individually. So I guess for listeners, if there are specific questions about any of those, please jump in and, and submit a question on it. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, you're right, because it, it requires a completely separate episode for each of those different yeah. scenarios and services. Yeah, yeah. And I would say if you're going to roll out Defenders, and we highly recommend that people do, um, you know, pace yourself, create a roadmap across them. Start with Defender for O365 and then build from there, and your maturity around it will come. Uh, but definitely a great platform to look into. And with Thank that, you I think we'll, thanks. And I think with that, we'll call it uh, we'll call it a podcast. And uh, thank everyone for joining us. And please do submit additional questions around Defender if you think of any. Bye, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.